0: Hello, and welcome to the Vote Her podcast, because when you vote, great things can happen. I'm Mara Davis, and I am a media maven. Does that sound too braggy? No, it does not. Who cares? Ain't bragging if it's true. <laughs> okay. I'm a publicist, talent booker, and I love podcasting with my friend, Terry.
1: And I am Terry Elowitz, Georgia House of Representatives. I am a Democrat. I've been doing this for a minute, and
0: I love talking about politics and good hair. Yeah, me too. Me too. So you just got here from the state house. You had the state of the state address. You've, there's been like so many galas and exciting things happening. Like, yeah. isn't it time for you to get to work? No galas.
1: <laughs> no, well, I, mean, I almost said there were no galas this week, but that would be false because tomorrow I'm going to the Cobb Prom. What's that? Oh, the Cobb Prom. is the Cobb Chamber's annual dinner. And it is known as the Cobb Prom because it is a thousand of Cobb's Movers and Shaker is wearing their fanciest clothes <laughs> at the Cobb Galleria Centra. And we are there. Cobb prom. Cobb prom. Yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, okay. You're on your own on that one. I'll send you pictures from the <laughs> Cobb prom. Please. Oh my God. I want them. Well, you know what? I actually, I don't know that mine is that much sexier because it's for me, it's the Midtown High um, uh, school auction. Oh. That I am going to. Yeah. So. You know, we all have our sexy events. I'm trying to do as much as I can with the school. I worked the concession stand uh, this week. That's a good way to assuage some mom guilt. It was a journey. I'll tell you what, and I actually, like, us being type A people, like, I kind of loved it. Well, because
1: there are ways that they're doing it wrong, and thank God they have you, so you can fix it.
0: Right. (laughs) Okay, Uh, so state of the state address, the governor laid out all the the things that he wanted to work on this year, every lot of pomp and circumstance, Mm -hmm. and then you had Senator Elena Parent give her rebuttal to that. Yeah, the official Democratic response. Yes, yes. So, I mean, basically the vibe I'm getting is like everything was sunshine and roses and rainbows, and now maybe a storm cloud may be coming.
1: Yeah, now, you know, bills are dropping and- the governor has made his priorities official and you know you say what they like you talk about workforce housing for example and he's mentioned that a lot he's talked about you know crime now we're going to find out what he actually means and you know we we we've we've gotten glimpses of that in the governor's budget recommendations for the upcoming fiscal year uh, Next week, I anticipate that we will start seeing the first drafts of the fiscal year budget for 2023. I'm not going to go down a budget rabbit hole. Don't worry, Mara. But <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> you said
0: budget. I'm like, you're like, you see oh, me glazing God, yes. over. I'm like, what? Uh, yeah. I'm like, no,
1: I'm not. No. Anyway, there's the baby budget, which is the amended 23. So that's the money for the rest of this fiscal year from January 2023 through June 2023. July starts the fiscal year for 2024. So we're, we're, figuring out how much money we're actually going to have to spend for the current budget year. And then we're planning the upcoming budget year. So that's where, you know, when you talk about crime, for example, you look and see, okay, well, where is the governor? Like, where, where, where is the house? The house puts the budget, the governor makes the recommendations, the house puts, puts the budget together and the Senate mucks it up and then the house fixes it again. And then, but, you know, we'll find out, okay, where is this money going?
0: (laughs) Okay. So we're going to have to keep our eye on it. The one thing I would do want to talk about, since it's relevant, you know, Representative Shea Roberts um, put this reproductive freedom uh, bill on yes. the floor. And, you know, um, and and I just want to disclose that I emceed this wonderful event called Roses for Row, which was organized by Jewish women at the Temple in Midtown in Atlanta. It started in 2016. And every year they do this fundraiser for Planned Parenthood. And, you know, last night there were a lot of People there, including uh, former Senator Jen Jordan, was in the house. Yes, and she was. was. there, and Senator uh, Estevez was there, and like there were just uh, Jasmine Clark. I was on the panel with mm-hmm. her, that representative, your colleague, and um, I asked that question of the panel because it's like you know it's so hard to get anything through, and they're not going to go for it. But but the point is that we have to keep speaking out. Can you elaborate on that bill and why this is important? That's
1: right. The bill is important because it's important and. and- in all honesty, this is not a bill that's going to ever be voted on on the floor of the Georgia House of Representatives. I mean, that is, that's 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 the 99% likelihood, right? But keeping the conversation going is very, very important. It is important for women and other people who are concerned about abortion rights in Georgia to know that this is a conversation that their elected representatives the Democratic Party, at least, are committed to fighting for it. It's it's important because there are always there's always new narrative to add to the conversation, and people at the Capitol need to know that this is an important issue. You know, when you look at polling the majority of
0: people, do We support- learned that this week? Cause yeah. there's an AJC, AJC poll, poll and and the majority of Georgians. And, and I also think it's a funky way that they ask the abortion questions as far as like, do you want the limitations or this, that, and the other thing and the way they measure that. And I think that's total BS yeah. because it's like, nobody knows, nobody knows, but, uh, but it, it was interesting because they were saying like you know it's keeping it in the conversation like you said yeah um you know what Representative Clark was saying um you know because they would like call your representative's office yeah. when you're mad but when you like something call them too that's right
1: well like what I always <laughs> tell your folks is like and whether it's your city council person your county uh-huh. commission you just get to know them before you need to know them whether it's for a small business that you're owning you know, whatever it is get to know them before you need to know them because then you'll have that relationship but it is also nice like we get yelled at a lot. <laughs> By strangers, and it's
0: <laughs> you do. We
1: do. We get yelled at a lot by strangers. Um, do you, although, does that happen to you, like at a restaurant? No, or like- no, no. That was in city council. Okay, all right, <laughs> was, all right. No, now it's more abstract and less, less actually direct. But it is. It's important to keep the conversation going. It's important the women know the conversation is happening. It's important that the majority party, the Republicans, know that this conversation is happening. And going back to that poll, it's so. And fascinating, because we have the majority of people who who do, sounds like they want abortion to be accessible and legal, but then you also have Governor Kemp with a 62% approval rating. And I think that is the nugget of data from that poll that is going to be so important for elected officials and advocates and activists to, to keep track of, is because this is a governor who people... A lot of people, a lot of people who voted for Raphael Warnock, and a lot of people who voted for Stacey Abrams. I know. are It's bizarre. Are, it's really interesting. And so I think savvy policymakers will maybe keep that in mind also. Like there's, you know, you don't semantics are gonna matter, the way things are phrased is gonna matter, but it's it's gonna be really interesting. It's it's interesting navigating this this very fascinating.
0: Georgia. Well, I give it up to Shay Roberts for doing that because I think it's absolutely right. It's keeping it in the conversation, in the conversation, and making people uncomfortable. I mean, look, at the event that I worked last night, you know, a woman named Colette gave a very uh heartbreaking story of her abortion right. of her uh baby that was not going to live. It's a long story and it's her story to tell, but one thing that really stood out in her speech. Which I would love to hear on the House floor. Well, you know, when you're introducing this, you know, if it gets to that point, is you know, she was just talking about how she had to have this procedure, and she heard the protesters from the street and how horrible yeah. and heartbreaking that was. So, you know, and look, some of these and most of these people that are the loudest voices are men, and when it's happening to their daughter or their wife or whatever, it's just I think they they need to continue to be reminded. And I still, you know, I know. I always say, Marty and the girls, hashtag M-A-T-G. You know, if it's one in four women, there's four women in that family. I,
1: like every time we have a conversation about abortion at the Capitol, I look around the room and I just remind myself that every single person in that room knows someone, whether they know it or not, who has been impacted by abortion, who has made the choice, whose wife has made the choice, whose mother has made the choice, Every single person, everyone,
0: every everyone. single one. So good on, good on, uh, representative Roberts. Yeah. It was a good event. So, um, and also I wanted to call out, I think this was so cool as far as, um, in it, w- the women are leading, uh, Atlanta, Georgia has the most diverse general assembly in history. Uh, and the leaders are more diverse too, because you've got, uh, so many people, uh, uh Sonia Halpern, uh, Nikki Merritt, and Kim Jackson, all Democrats and all women of color. So that's mm-hmm. really cool. I think that's great.
1: Yeah, I think almost almost all of the metro area legislative delegations are led by women. Henry County has, a, has Almighty um, Holly is chair in Henry County, which is amazing. He is a, a black lawmaker from Henry County. That's also a bipartisan delegation, just like I'm in Cobb County, we're a bipartisan delegation. Um, but uh, yeah, H- Henry County is... Um, You know, again, that's a county that that kind of flipped in recent years. But yeah, almost every county, Cobb, Fulton, all the major delegations are led by women. And most of them are led by women of color. And that's a pretty amazing thing. And that is, I think we've had really much needed rapid changes in the General Assembly in that regard. Well, that's why we, and
0: that was the one thing that we were driving home at the event was, is so important to pay attention to who you're electing and who's representing Mm -hmm. you and to elect more women. Okay, this has been a very busy week for news. Uh, Always, Georgia is on the top of minds of everyone nationally and locally. And there are a lot of local stories that are impacting all of us. So we are getting an in-depth interview with a journalist who really takes you there. All right. George Cheedy is one of my favorite journalists in town, and he is edgy. He is everywhere. He has worked for everyone. You may know him. Obviously, you get all the scoop from him on Twitter, but uh, The Guardian, Vice, Bitter Southerner, CNN, uh, he is always in front of people, and he is not afraid to talk to Atlanta politicians and pretty much anybody and call them out. I love it. George Cheedy is with us today. Thanks so much for giving us a little bit of time.
2: I'm so happy to be here. I love you.
0: Uh, I love Aww. you. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I, you know, I've been following you for so long, um, and you were the you were the one who broke the whole music Midtown story. That's right. How did you figure that out? And for those who don't remember, it's the fact that they were canceling uh, music Midtown because of gun laws.
2: So uh, the short answer is, a friend told me. Like the longer answer is um, my friend found out because uh, Live Nation had been shopping around for another venue. And like bit by bit, people who were in policy positions at municipalities realized that Live Nation was trying to move their venue. Um, One of them called me. And then I started to call around, and I'm being coy about who said this because I don't want that person to be screwed up later.
1: Wow, yeah. we didn't know this. You can't see our we're both gaping <laughs> maws. <laughs> wow.
2: I mean, it's pretty that it's that simple. Atlanta, at the end of the day, is a small town. Like the uh, when when it comes right down to it, there might be like there are like a couple of thousand people who tend To run in the same social circles, who like you can't get anything done without talking to one of them, and if you know enough of them, you understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a person who knows enough, of them. frankly, I think I am too now, yeah, but it's taken a long time. Well, your
0: Substack, which is so great, is called the Atlanta Objective, and I recommend all of our listeners subscribe to, to George's work. And obviously, there has been a lot of talk about Cop City. And you wrote a piece about how it's
2: complicated.
0: Can you elaborate a little bit on what you wrote and why
2: it is so complicated? Sure. Let me preface this by saying I actually didn't want to write this thing at all. Like, I've been trying not to write about Cop City. And it's not because I it's not because I have like some strong opinion one way or another, it's because I'm actually trying to get at a bunch of other stuff, and cop City is a black hole for a journalist um, you try to you as soon as you start looking at it, you're almost compelled to dig all dig all the way through it's It's that kind of thing uh the short here is um frankly, the people who needed to be listened to. When they were talking about developing this Atlanta police training facility, the folks who were closest to the area where they're going to build this project were the ones who had the least amount of power over any of this. And they still do. And it's something that I'm deeply concerned about. The governor is involved. To some degree, the federal government is involved. State-level prosecutors are involved. The GBI is involved. The state police are involved. Atlanta police in DeKalb County are involved. But the neighbors around in Creek, they've got a very limited voice. Um, and that's, that's an issue. Oh, and on top of all of that, we have uh, a lot of people from out of state who are coming to Atlanta to protest. And I have to say that that's been even saying that is controversial when people are going to get mad at me because I, I pointed that out, but it's pretty straightforward. Basically everybody who's being arrested, uh, is from somewhere else. Um, let me say that everybody in Atlanta for the most part is also from someone somewhere else. So I'm, I kind of want to, I kind of want to touch that with, with, uh, with gloves on. Um, five out of six people who live in Atlanta, Metro Atlanta were born out of state. So there's only so much you can. there's your horse is only so high when you're talking about that.
0: But it does seem like these people were, I mean, they had a real occupy wall street vibe. um, Right. Very much so. Yeah. As
2: a person who participated in occupy wall street. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much so. Um, and you know, and I don't want to fault them for being young and idealistic, um, but and if you read my piece, you'll you'll see how I get at this. Like there's something really off-putting about primarily white and primarily middle-class and affluent white young people from out of state coming into a black neighborhood and interposing their white bodies in front of black policymakers. Um, there is something fundamentally anti-democratic and weird about that. Um, and it would be one thing if they were trying to uphold uh, the democratic values of the community. If they were saying, hey, black people are oppressed and they were unable to exercise their political will and we are here to help them, that would be one thing. But in this case, it's very hard to argue that black political will wasn't engaged in the creation of this, of right. this, uh, this project. Um, I know what I sound like. I mean, I'm actually a critic of the project. I don't think this thing should be do- going the way it is. Um, it, it just, I, don't, I think it's fully planned and I think there isn't enough um, community feedback going on. Uh, but the whole situation is just awful, and it's ready-made for conflict. Right. And everybody is going to escalate conflict for their personal purposes.
0: Totally.
1: Yeah, well, and, and one of the things that, you know, because I've been a subscriber of your newsletter almost since the beginning, I think, and 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 for the folks listening, like, I first met George when I was on the Smyrna City Council. George was on the Pine Lake City Council. Like, he's... He, George has been in this space for a very, very, very long time, but one of the things you've been so good in reporting and the reason why I forward... Your newsletter to so many of my friends who live in Buckhead is because you have been really drilling down to the data of who exactly is impacted by violent crime in Atlanta. And it's not people in Buckhead.
2: Very much no. Um, I mean, sure. Okay. Sometimes, yes. But mostly, right. no. Sometimes, yes. Virtually not.
1: <laughs> yes. Sometimes, yes. And we hear about those things. But if you look at the data and you've got to have, you know, virtually, like, not that much. That doesn't diminish that it's happening. That doesn't diminish the reality of of violent crime, but most of no, it not. is not happening in more affluent areas of Atlanta.
2: More than ninety percent of homicide victims in, in 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 the city of Atlanta were black. Virtually all of them mm-hmm. were poor, and mm-hmm. it's the poverty that's driving that. Right. I think that's the important thing to understand. Like when uh, a woman in Buckhead was murdered uh, late last year uh, in in her Driveway essentially in her garage. That was the most extraordinary, horrible, of story. rare, events. horrible. Yeah, I mean it's a horrible crime. It is a hor- It is it is a fear-inspiring crime because it is essentially says, you know, this person was not safe in their own home, but it is like an older person unheard of. Women very rare to be homicide victims. Yeah. White person. Well, especially very with, but, rare in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, and for a woman, especially to be a, a victim of a homicide by a stranger.
2: We're still talking about the murder that took place uh, a year and a half ago in uh, Piedmont Park. I knew you uh, were going. Uh, yep.
0: I No, I knew you were going to say that, and that's on a whole other level. And there's there's so much with that. There's so much we have to add more. We have to ask you, George. Okay. So that cop city stuff, I think it's just like, there's no, like, it's very hard to, that's why I think you sum it up so great because it's complicated and it's, there's a lot of different angles and there's no way to just like under, there's no, like, (laughs) it's just very gray. Yeah, anybody
2: who's trying to simplify this is just wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with you. Um, let's talk about Young Fug and his trial going on. You've been covering this. Uh, what do you think is going to happen?
2: So let's start with this. The trial is uh, going to take six to nine months, and it's on the scale of the Atlanta cheating scandal from the Atlanta yeah. like school system. Um, and it's doing to the system, to some degree, what uh, the Atlantic cheating scandal did to the judicial system. It's tying everybody in knots. Um, there are a lot of defendants, several of whom had to be severed off the case because they didn't have representation when they at the time that the trial is, started, essentially. Which is unheard of. That's nuts. Right. The idea that you've had people in jail for six months and they couldn't find a lawyer and you couldn't find one for them is insane. The evidence is very strong. Um, I'm a layman. Uh, I do not have a lot of greed. Please take this with a grain of salt. Um, and I don't have a brief one way or another for the guilt or innocence of anyone here. Like, I'm a journalist in this case. I don't actually care. But uh but the state's gonna have electronic surveillance evidence, they're gonna have uh you know, financial records, they're gonna have cell phone intercepts from cell phone towers, they're gonna have recorded conversations. There there's just this giant and confessions, frankly, as people testify. Um, not to mention eyewitnesses. Like there's it's a six to nine month trial because that's how much evidence there is to present. Um the public seems to be wrapped up in this question about whether or not using Young Thug's um, lyrics in his songs is relevant um, or proper. And right now, if I had a look at this, I don't think she'd need to use any of I don't think the district attorney, Fonnie Willis, necessarily needs to use any song lyrics in this at all in order to gain uh, a conviction. I think that's icing on the cake.
0: It's a hot button. That's a real hot button for me because I think it's, you know, it's totally ridiculous. It's just like, no one thought that Eric Clapton shot the sheriff or, well, Bob Marley wrote it, but no one thought that Bob, you know what I mean? Um, I I do.
2: It's just, here's the thing though. Nobody, like there was no body to tie to Bob Marley or Eric Clapton. (laughs) Right. When, when, uh, um, Johnny Cash is talking about how he shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Yeah, right. exactly. Like,
1: there wasn't actually a dead there was body in no Reno. man in Reno <laughs> who <Right>. was
2: dead. <laughs> yes. Like this is the, this is the difference. Like there are at least I've been able to find two dozen dead bodies that are connected to this case. Wow. Half the people that are on trial have already been convicted. Not half, but. Several people on trial have already been convicted of murder and are going to be sent, are, are serving life sentences. And this is just connecting all of those murders together to say this was a racketeering, um, you know, organization that committed murders and we've convicted on this murder and we've convicted on this murder and we've convicted on this murder. And this is the trial that ties them all together to say, this organization murders people, and if you are engaged in operating with this organization, some of that you need to be guilty for. Some of that, like that's that's the state's argument.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's a RICO trial.
2: Yeah. So here's the thing: like, like if there was a if they found a man dead in the street in Reno three days after Johnny Cash had done a concert there. Like you'd have an argument, <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> right? But that's like that's the difference here. Um, the uh, like they're not you. They didn't start with the lyrics and then go look for a body. They had the body, and then later on, these lyrics popped up.
0: Right. Um, I know. I know. But it's still. It's still. I don't know. I think that that's still. I mean, listen, this is an extraordinary no, case. No, that's a
2: very good argument against these. Yeah, you know. Don't get me wrong. They are uh, racially prejudicial.
0: There's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, and for that, I recommend the amazing podcast called Louder Than a Riot, hosted by, you yes. may know, Rodney Carmichael, who is— I uh, very much do. And he's just—that uh, that. that whole—that podcast really— Kind of changed my life and viewpoint on when it comes to this stuff. So, well, we'll keep our eye on that. I know there was some like drama there with some drugs being passed around. Were you
2: there for that or you just heard about it? I wasn't there, but I saw it. I saw the video. (laughs) Um, One of the guys who is serving a life sentence on a murder charge walked up to Young Thug and pressed a Percocet in his hand. Thug is not being charged with that. As soon as everybody saw it, a, you know, a sheriff's deputy asked him for the Percocet he gave it up. I mean, Thug did not actually commit a crime in that, in that case. Right, right. No, um, but it shows the sort of like, like it's a circuit.
1: Oh, oh it was bonkers. The, well, and then, so that's a guy who was incarcerated in a, with a life sentence and they found all kinds of stuff on him. So that leads to a whole lot of other questions, right? Like Where?
2: Which is something I've been looking at coming very from? closely. Yeah. So let me, let me tell you, I've been losing sleep over a story I haven't been able to learn that I'm going to try to finish this weekend. Um, the jail was falling apart. Uh, and I, I don't mean that physically. I mean, institutionally. Uh, there were 15 people who died in the custody of the Fulton County Sheriff's Office last year. Normally, it's two, maybe three. Um, some of those deaths were murders. Some of them were drug overdoses. There's a probably a, there's a suicide almost certainly in there, and some of these deaths are, like in my opinion, just negligent that there, there's no reason why person that they found dead should have been oh, dead. Like The conditions are just like a man face down in the toilet covered in lice in his own waist. Like who had been there for, it's unclear how many hours because the sheriff's deputies were not making the rounds in their psych floor in a way that they could tell if there was a problem. Um, and I've been talking to the families of some of the folks who've died, and they're not getting anything out of the sheriff's office about the state of their investigations or to some degree, even the conditions under which their their children were killed um We're not talking about people who were going to be sentenced to death or life in prison. Like, we're talking about people who were waiting for trial, like who were innocent in the name of the law, and whose lives we had a responsibility to preserve so that they could be tried, and they're dead, and there are a lot of them. Uh, and what we're seeing in court with the Young Thug, to some degree, is a reflection of that. Uh, the sheriff's office is just, they don't have the staff. To handle a lot of stuff right now, like they're running short at the jail, my presumption is they're running short everywhere because they just they just don't have it I think every so, yeah I
1: think every agency has that problem right now, and it's
2: yeah I, I think so too. every good. every police agency so of course you get somebody who doesn't get searched properly as they're coming out of the jail and has got a Percocet in his hand and twenty more in places you don't want to look. Well,
0: and, and just the level of, you know, you don't know, I mean, I don't, you're obviously on the front lines, George, but I feel like I've watched a lot of cop shows and listened to a lot of podcasts and, you know, there's corrupt people that work at the jail that bring that stuff in and there's deals being done. And, you know, so, yeah, well, I, you know, I give a lot of respect to you for covering this story and, you know, sort of outing this stuff because it's, it is. Especially when it comes to people waiting and and that's why like going back to your cop city um article, it's also complicated, right? It's just like this is this vicious cycle and ripple effect where it's like
2: it it's just it's it sucks I know I mean I'm a liberal lefty whatever, like but even I can say I would understand the interest of the city having the best possible police training facility like. That's not, um, on, on its face. that's not something that I would jump up and down and scream against unless you get into the details. Well, and
1: so you're, you've been a journalist for a long time. You've been elected. You've, your journalist brain works in a way that not many do. Like the, the fact that you drew parallels between the Young Thug trial and the APS cheating scandal, um, it's pretty profound. And, And, and you're absolutely right. It's something I've, and I, I i that had never occurred to me, and I knew a lot of folks who were very closely involved with the APS trial. Um, i you're dealing with a lot of a lot of issues and a lot of outcomes where there's not necessarily a clear right and a clear wrong, and that's a lot. And I hope that you're doing okay with all of that because you're dealing with subject areas that are some of the most tragic, awful things that are happening in Atlanta that the majority of the population is not going to encounter and is not familiar with, you know, you're talking to family members of people who were incarcerated. You're right. Like, you know, it's like Nathan Deal used to say "There's you know, because he was a big criminal justice reform person. It's like, there's people you're scared of and your people, there, there are people you're mad at. And a lot of these people are just people we were mad at. And they were awaiting their trial and they were, you know, are you doing Okay.
2: Well, that's a good question. Because I've been, I, you know, I'm a little troubled. I'm not going to lie. I I think some of this is actually starting to weigh on me, and and it's interesting. You know, uh, look, I was a soldier for years, and there is something to be said about soldiering through. Um, The uh, as I've been reporting on the reasons why violent crime has increased in Atlanta over the last couple of years um i I keep i keep coming back to mental health uh we've gone through a mental health crisis in this country and in the community um and i've worked on issues of mental health uh as an elected official and you know as a private citizen um weirdly i served on a task force uh looking at mental health problems in the fulton county jail um so it's one thing to be somebody who's looking at this from a policy perspective and another thing to realize that I am not immune to the same the same impacts that everybody else is facing. Um, it's it's I'm stressed and uh, I'm feeling weird vicarious senses of guilt uh, survivor's guilt yeah. perhaps in, in a way. Uh I'm looking for, ther- I'm looking for a therapist. Like, I think I've got the right one. Oh, Go good.
0: Uh, you know, I can only, I can only imagine that George. I mean, your work is just so extraordinary. And I also just love how you're in people's faces and you call out the bullshit when it's necessary. Um, another thing that fascinates me about you is your love of Dungeons and Dragons.
2: Oh my God. Are we actually going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons?
0: Oh, we're going there. Get out <laughs> your dodecahedron <laughs> dice listeners. I no, Wow. Terry <laughs> pulled out a reference that I, I don't know that I could have gone there, but is Dungeons and Dragons, is that like relaxing? Is that with all this heavy shit you've just yeah. been telling us about? Is that a good release for you?
2: So it has been, um, like it's, like, I procrastinate about writing by writing. And so there's this sort of alternative person who sits here and writes about a, like a, I've had this idea for a, a um, think of it as a Wakanda meets Game of Thrones setting.
0: Oh, I've been to it, um,
2: yeah. That, uh, and I've spent a lot of time doing very serious historical research Um uh, I spoke briefly to the professor who wrote Guns, Germs, and Steel. Yeah, uh, consulted with some folks over at Harvard and at, at UCLA. I've been planning a trip to Africa. Um, I dusted off my old Arabic books, and uh, I mean it's uh, it's intense, uh, but it's also a game. Um, and I, you know, I have a 400-page manuscript on my laptop, like that details the setting in all of its glory uh it's more more game mechanic than than setting like it's a playable thing, and that's important. The problem is one, I'm not actually playing it like i don't I can't find the time to put a put a crew together because there's always something in front of me that's that gets in the way um and the second thing lately like since this is news. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons as an organization has been going through a bit of hell. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Okay, so this is really like, we're three layers down the geek hole here. So <laughs> oh, no, I'm, not, <laughs>
1: I'm here for this. This is exciting. So we what?
2: What is what? Alright, so Hasbro owns the brand. Okay. Um, they bought Wizards of the Coast which bought TSR like 20 years ago. And they own Dungeons and Dragons. They published the official Dungeons and Dragons Okay. Stuff. and um, they're planning a movie and they've been expanding oh. and Dungeons and Dragons is a big deal like 1.33 billion dollars in sales last year wow last um,
0: year because you know you think of Dungeons and Dragons like it had its heyday in like what in like the 80s right
2: that was
1: it did like my daughter's it, middle school had a and d club and there was like a during the pandemic there were dungeon masters who would like do Zoom D&D clubs pandemic. with your kids yeah
2: with the pandemic oh, yeah. and a podcast wow. called Critical Role, and suddenly everybody's playing D anD D again. Wow! Um, so like their new, like they've got some new corporate leadership who decided that it's under monetized and is um. planning to change the way they deal with third party publishers by changing their their gaming license, their license to use Dungeons and Dragons stuff by outside writers, essentially forcing everybody to cough up uh, you know, royalties and potentially taking away their uh their intellectual property.
0: Geez, why can't um, why can't we have nice things? Seriously. I know. Why can't well um I I was actually like thinking about it because there's a everything for me goes back to I listen to this podcast and there's the podcast Project Unibom. And there was a, some Dungeons and Dragons, not necessarily with with that, but that's another story for another time. Um, George, take care of yourself. I, I, I feel like I really want to jump through this Zoom and give you the biggest, most giant hug. Um, I would take it. Um, everybody should follow George on Twitter. George, you're not following me. And uh, you said you loved um, me. That's
2: not true. I am following you. I've got to be <laughs> following you.
0: Uh, it's at Neon Flag. Um, you can follow George. Um, and I mean, there's... Look, sp-
2: I'm vile. People, you need to know this. Like, I swear <laughs> a lot on Twitter. I suffer fools not gladly. I'm a bad, bad dad. Uh, no. Just know that. You're just, good. I'm You're good. apologizing up front.
1: Well, and if you don't follow George, like, you know, like, when... Things were happening a week ago with with the protests and with with Cop City. And when something, when I sort of get a, get a you know, you find out something's going on, the first place I go on social media is to George's social media feed. The first place I go. Because I know that George, again, you're, you go all in. I mean, you've been beaten up, right? I mean, this is... I have. Yes, like you've, you he's not reporting from the sidelines and you do have this ability to again when it's something that's messy and complicated like like when the wendys was being locked down in you know the summer of 2020 you 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 are able to feel like th- there's a is happening b is happening c is happening d is happening they're all happening they're all related oh, to yeah. this oh hey, yeah i go is, straight to your feet yeah i go i, do. I go right go, but anybody I'm, who's listening if you want to know it's actually happening you have to follow George, and you need to subscribe to his newsletter. And P.S.,
0: I just double-checked. No, George, you're not following me. So, you know, I- take- I am now. I just clicked <laughs> it.
2: I just clicked it. I just clicked it, and I am deeply embarrassed. I've been a Mara Davis fan. For-
0: Oh God! Well, we love you, George. Thank you so much for giving us the time. We want to have you on again because I think that with I love the, both of you, by we, the we, oh, way, George, like, you're both great. Well, it's a Thank love you. fest yes. and mutual admiration society. So, and uh, gets to play some some D and D. What what is that reference you just gave, Terry? The dice, the what? A dodecahedron dice.
1: <laughs> well, maybe it's die. I might have
2: Nerd.
1: nerd. <laughs>
0: All right. That was I just I really I love George. I I am I, so happy he followed me after I shamed I him into it. He is everyone
1: in Metro if you're in Metro Atlanta you need to be following George cheaty Yes. on social media on Flag. And and if you're in Georgia but and I have no idea what his twitter handle means i haven't been able to oh, figure we should it have out. Asked him about I know that. No, i should
0: ask him. We should have asked him about that and you know the music midtown stuff was really oh, fascinating. My God. Yeah, Yo. i mean it was really fascinating and you know what i'm going to shout out to uh Jen Jordan because when i did tell her um that we were interviewing him i forgot to tell him this i'll message him but uh, now that i can dm him because, right. we- <laughs> yes. because you're your mutual follows. Well, she was like, ooh, I may come back for him. And that's saying a lot, but she still didn't. But she says she's she will be back. Yeah. <laughs>
1: she's she's coming. <laughs> so- she's coming. But no, he is he need you need to follow him. He is again Drawing a parallel between the APS cheating scandal trial and the Young
0: Thug trial is something that I don't think any other journalist has done. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay. Listen, we asked for your comments and you delivered. Oh, you guys are so amazing. I, I, I checked the Apple Podcast comments and I want to give a shout out to Amanda McGee. Is that somebody you know? I don't. No. <gasps> these, are, these are organic. They are? These are organic, Mara. Okay. Love these ladies. I listen to Pod Save America, Politics Girls, New York Times, you know, a bunch of them. Um, But this is the only one I'm happy to open. I adore Mary and Terry. And Jen, of course, I have to give them credit for giving me the motivation to join the Hall County Democrats group. A long shot, but is where the work needs to be done. The pod is smart, uh, funny, honest, and earnest. Keep it going, loves. Listen now, you won't be disappointed. (laughs) <laughs> we have 84 ratings now, and I think we, I hope we get
1: even more. My favorite, do you have the Melville Toast one? Read the Melville Toast one. Wait, did I get that?
0: I just got, P- oh, I don't know if I have that one. Oh, no,
1: the Melba Toast. Most discussions of, this is from Peach State Resident.
0: Oh, okay. You read it.
1: Most discussions of politics strike me as drier than Melba Toast. (laughs) That's That's a deep cut. Vote Her is quite the opposite. Mary Davis and Jen Jordan are great hosts, conduct in-depth interviews with a range of guests, keep my attention, and often give me a chuckle. Keep it up, y'all.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. Melba Toast. Melba Toast. Uh, There's a deep cut that, and uh, you may not remember Alba 77. I do remember You do remember Alba? That was like the diet drink that you drank. It was yes. So uh, please comment about the Alba seventy-seven. Politics girl, thank you so much. Uh, Politics girl says a great snapshot of Georgia politics. Two entertaining women who break down the goings-on and give you a peek behind the scenes. Uh, I love that. And uh, C D J D B M A. And who gives a reference to stay up on stay for the latest on MATG? My favorite topic, Marty and the girls.
1: Yes, do not confuse that with (laughs) MTG. Very, very different things. I love not the same
0: thing. I love MATG. I really do. You do. It's there. There are things I fixate over. MATG, Kelly (laughs) Leffler. This is a great way to. Seg us into what we're raving about this week. This yes. is a new segment that we're doing uh, where we're going to each recommend one thing at the end of the show. What do you recommend?
1: Okay, so I actually, I've been going back and forth between this book I really liked and these new hairpins that the- you,
0: if, well, you do both. I'm gonna, I'm, okay, the first the, time. So
1: first of all, the hairpins. The Amazon algorithm- showed me these hairpins. They're the best hairpins I've ever used. They're plastic. Three of them, I have a lot of hair and three of them will like hold my hair in place. They're amazing. I'll I'll make sure that we have a link in the show notes to the magic hairpins. <laughs> hair and the other thing is this book by Andrew Sean Greer, Less is Lost. It is the sequel to his book a couple years ago, Less won the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, I I love these books. They are, they're just, they're they're fun. They're f- really fun in a very, random kind of bananas way, but also really, really I well, mean obviously one of Pulitzer, right? This guy knows what he's doing, but less is lost and it has this 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 passage I was texting Mara. I was like, you've got to read the book. It's America, how's your marriage? Your 250 year old promise to stay together in thickness and in health. First 13 states, then more and more, till 50 of you had taken the vow. I know it was not for love. I know it was for tax reasons, but soon you weren't wide, shared debt, I'm paraphrasing, land purchases, grandiose visions, that split you had, it still stings. I hear you tried getting sober. That didn't last, did it? So how's it going, America? Do you ever dream of each being on your own again? Never having to be part of someone else's family squabble? Never having to bear with someone else's gun hobby or car obsession or nutrition craze? Tell me honestly, because I have contemplated marriage and wonder, if it can't work for you, can it work for any of us?
0: Wow, that's a lot. It's a lot. That was a lot of words, sorry, y'all. It's a lot. But it's a good book. Less is Lost, Andrew that, Sean Greer. That, that's a lot. That's, that's dense. <laughs> But marriage is a lot, but it's good. If you, we, we, I like being married. I love being married. I really like it. Okay. Um, that was good. Okay. So here's what I recommend. Speaking of dense and a lot of words, Rachel Maddow's Ultra podcast. I was a little late to the party on this because it came out in uh, the fall. And there are so many, I listen to, not, as you know, I don't stop talking about podcasts, But this is all about 100 years ago and the people who were working in the government who were anti-Semitic and were aligned with... you know, the Nazi party and the parallels to current day are absolutely chilling and fascinating. And the storytelling is so good. And it's so, and listen, a lot of times I'm like, look, I watch like reality TV and I'm a dummy dumberson, you know, but like this, I was like, oh my gosh, I suddenly really want to learn about history. It was so fascinating to me. And it's just like, You will be gripped from the very beginning and especially, you know, because I did try to watch, I watched the first USA in the Holocaust, the Ken Burns special. And it was really, really heavy um, and important. Yes. But this podcast, it just really resonates because some of the themes of the things that are happening today, a hundred years later, you're just like, oh my God, this is, this is crazy. So I can't recommend that enough. And for fun, I'm going to recommend my other favorite podcast, which is- called i've had it which is uh, jennifer was actually a guest on the show with us oh. or they remember from Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah 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 yes yes um so that's like my favorite thing so there you go there we go there you go okay so we're gonna talk to you next week um, we're gonna have an abbreviated episode because i'm going to the grammy awards <sighs> so fancy so-, so
1: fancy i'm going to the Cobb prom Mira's going to the grammys <laughs> that's how this is that's how this is rolling right, out we'll
0: talk to you next
1: time